Were you aware that you could be your own worst enemy? Today, we are gonna help you eliminate the negative self-talk that is destroying everything that matters to you. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am Michael Smalley, and via FaceTime audio, my lovely, beautiful co-host. Yay! Amy, I'm here. Yay! You are. I, you know, when, when we're not together, I think I just realized I'd been overthinking on how to try to record us. <laughs> so now I'm just using our regular recorder, but getting the audio from the computer for you. There you go. You're my little virtual lover today. <laughs> I just don't know how I feel about that. No. All right. So as you know, my darling wife, I do like to have a distraction of the day at the end of each one of these episodes. Uh-huh. And this one is pretty interesting because I'm just curious and, and, you know, I want you to, you can put some thought into this as we go along the podcast, but what's the weirdest thing you could imagine happening at a Waffle House? Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know Waffle House. I do know Waffle House. We have gone there before. Yes, we have. It has a certain reputation. Yes. Food is good, but... Diner-ish, yes. Diners, that's a nice word. Yeah, I have seen quite a few pancake batter on the floor with, you know... It really doesn't look like pancake batter. I'm just going to assume it was. Wow, it was, but then it transformed when they threw the entire bucket of water onto the floor. (laughs) But I think... I found a story that might be the weirdest thing that's ever happened in a Waffle uh-huh. House. So, everybody, you're just going to have to stay tuned to hear what that is and see how Amy feels about it. Wow. Okay. I don't know how. Yeah. That might be kind of a gross one. Uh, yeah. We'll see. So, hey, everybody, I'm, you know, if you want to come see us live or see me live, I'm going to be doing a comedy of love date night. Coming up in New Brunswick, Texas. So you can go to smalleyinstitute.com, scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, and that has our live event calendar and where you can come and say hello and let me greet you and answer questions and hopefully inspire you. I kind of thought you were going to say something there, babe. You are so <laughs> inspiring. I don't Not know. Not a what compliment. To say, but. Yes, I'm so excited, we, those pe- peeps in New Braunfels. <laughs> yes, and then if you want, as you're there at smallinstitute.com, check out our free, totally free online course on the very famous Smalley Animal Personality Style. So you can take the assessment for free, and then there's some awesome lessons with video content that just helps you better understand each other. So you can sign up for that free personality online course at smalleyinstitute.com as well. And as usual, leave a review. Subscribe right. to the podcast. You guys are doing awesome. The li- Ever since we've started pushing this and we've gone to daily, our listenership is exploding. And we could not be more excited and just want to continue saying thank you guys for listening. And then you are leaving voicemails like the one I already played today and wow you guys have been using that number so 
If you'd like to leave a review, like a voice review, or just tell us what you think, or if we've been encouraging you and you want to encourage us, or if you want to leave a question, we have a 24-hour-a-day podcast hotline. The number is 903-392-0975. Again, that's 903-392-0975. And Obviously, that number is right here on this podcast episode's page. So today, Amy, in the intro, we talked about how we can actually be our own worst enemy. And and, and that enemy is the negative self-talk that we can get totally trapped in. That, That, for me, is probably a huge part of my day and battling it. And, you know, I know that, you know, in scripture, we're supposed to take our thoughts captive. And I love the second Corinthians, you destroy every argument, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. If we take our thoughts captive to obey Christ. And I think for me to being able to recognize what are the thoughts that are going to be the ones that I want to keep. And maybe there might be a conviction, but it's definitely not a, um, a condemnation. And that is huge. Um, I think for everyone to kind of know the difference between that and to be able to recognize that negative talk and, and battle it and make it, you know, take it, take it captive, just like a prisoner. Well, cause and, it matters. And right. I think sometimes that's one of those Frankly, it's a sin, and that's one of those almost acceptable sins that we don't get maybe totally over. Well, it does completely stress us out. However, yeah. it's like we don't have this realization how how truly damaging negative self-talk is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, you know, people so, obviously, I've said this a bunch on the podcast, but I had gastric bypass in June. And, mm-hmm. and the thing that sparked even the journey of getting that surgery was terrible negative self-talk. And that, that, you know, when you're struggling with something that you feel completely powerless over and totally out of control and overwhelmed, the negative self-talk can build up. But you know what I realized the other day? This is big for me. Yeah? I realized, because people... Obviously, they find out, holy, well, either they haven't seen me for a while and they're stunned, right? They're like, what yeah. in the world? Where did you go? Or obviously I share, yeah, I've lost like 110 pounds. And they're, they usually, you know, obviously the natural question is, well, how do you feel? You must feel so amazing, you know, and physically and all that kind of stuff. And I do. I mean, obviously that has improved, but I can say single-handedly, the greatest feeling of, I don't know if it's uh, relief, pleasure, joy, is how addressing this crazy dark thing in my life has helped quiet a majority of the negative self-talk I had going on that was spiraling everything in my life out of control. That's by far, this weight loss has been the relief honestly, of this negative self-talk. Like I am, I am God. It's like, I'm finally able to start hearing God again about other things that don't feel quite as overwhelming, but about other things. Like I can hear him again. He's like, okay, now we got that going. Well, let's start doing this and let's start addressing that. And it, it has helped me 
dramatically. Just just sheerly the the eliminating much of the negative self talk that was totally overwhelming me. Yeah, it. I bet. Yeah, and it has been freeing, and it's been freeing. I I know I've sensed that in you, and being able to to hear the voice of God more clearly. Do you think it's because it's a both and that you addressed it, um, like in obedience, but then you also started actually listening to the value that you actually already had to begin with? And I never. And you know what's sad about our human condition and sin is it's not like for God, at least it's not like I ever lost my value. That's right. what's so stupid yeah. about negative self-talk is I am telling myself lies, like complete and total lies that are of the devil. And I'm buying them. I'm put, I'm uh-huh. buying stock and I'm storing it up and it's not even true. And, and, that's just sad because as cruddy as I may have felt, that is not what God believed. And that's frankly not how God sees me because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. And that's what we have to remember. And I, that was that pivotal moment for me, you know, about last year around this time, whenever it was, when I said to myself, I'm okay dying young. I'd rather eat and be happy than try okay. to get healthy. And that's when the Holy Spirit was like, okay, time out. You are way too freaking valuable to me to to think this way. This is uh-huh. bull poopy. <laughs> bull poopy. I love that. Uh-huh. And I know you've struggled with it. That's, you know, people are, you know, I posted that picture I took of you from our vacation. Vaca- uh, vacation. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're yes. a beautiful, dynamic. I call you the sparkle. But even... That's- you know, it's like easy, I think, if you see someone like me who has an oversized head shaped like an egg, who used to be morbidly <laughs> obese. People are like, yeah, I bet he's got a lot of negative self-talk. But even people that you would think are not perfect, but, you know, you look at people go, oh, my gosh, they got all their junk together. Look at them. Even you struggle with it. Oh, well, I think the Big. main struggle, yeah, the main struggle with me is that I don't meet that expectation of myself that I, you know, when I look at that picture, I just see the flaws of what, you know, oh my gosh, this is how much weight I've lost. Oh my gosh, look at my hair. Da, da, da. And it's, and, and I'm genuinely, I'm not doing it like so that I'll get a compliment. I genuinely that is not what it's about it's about that i genuinely see the flaws before i see anything good and and i define myself by the imperfections versus my the perfecting work of christ in me and um, And that's definitely a struggle and what you've been sharing a lot lately which i love is unfortunately this is why we got to address negative self-talk is that we will behave and we will act as we believe about ourselves. So if I am overwhelming myself with all this negativity, then it's I'm gonna be harder to get along with. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more negative, right? So if I'm overwhelmingly negative with myself, I'm gonna be overwhelmingly negative with the people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I think I'm a whatever, I don't know. If, if I think I'm out of control, then I'm probably going to act out of control. I think for me, I don't even know if if people know 
the kind of negativity that goes on in my head as much. Like when people would talk about me, I would be, you know, oh my gosh, you're so energetic. You're so this, you're so that. And then, but I would define myself, but oh, but you just don't know me, you know? So the performance or the, um, and I believed it. Like when they said those compliments and things, I believed them, but I didn't necessarily trust them. I don't know how else to describe it other than that. And I believe that what they were saying was true, but I also believe that I was not at the place that I wanted to be. And there's a part of that that's, that's true. It's a striving towards being more spiritually mature or towards being more self-controlled. You know, for me, anger and me reacting to things, um, with an over emotion, you know, too much emotion is, is, is going to probably be a struggle that I have, you know, because it's a part of my personality, but my personality in and of itself is not wrong. It's just the behavior that's associated with that and being able to say, it's okay that I'm still at a place of needing some self-control. Um, you know, you talked about and about the, your self-control about being honest, you know, being authentic. Well, sometimes that self-control, not having self-control, um, for me, is a way for me to be authentic, but not self-controlled, right? And so for you to be authentic means, okay, wait a minute, how do I do this in a self-controlled way where I'm not, you know, in your head thinking all these negative thoughts about me or about someone else, but how to authentically approach the situation in a way that's going to be a productive thing. It's a hard balance. It really is. It is. And so if we're going to, you know, I think people can hear that negative self-talk is damaging. So if we're going to eliminate it, then we need to start focusing on what is positive. So, you know, you might be thinking, whatever, I think I'm disgusting. I think I'm, you know, gross, uh, unworthy, unloved. Well, the positive is I'm a child of the king. You might say things like, I'll never succeed. Well, you need to change that from I'm a failure or I'm never going to succeed to I can't wait to see how God comes through. Or you might be saying, it could be as bad as I hate myself. And, and that needs to be turned into I am worthy and deserve to be honored, right? I'm valuable. Oh, my heaven, especially for little girls or young women or women, period, when, when, if they get some terrible message and, and, and sadly, some many times it's from their father, right? So a lot of times these negative self-talk things are coming from a parent or both your parents. And maybe your dad was unloving or abusive and he told you, you're not worthy and I don't love you and I hate you and you disgust me. When, when you, when a, when a young girl is taught that or told that, then they will go out seeking that acceptance and that love in the most terrible ways. And what everyone listening and obviously men as well, no, you are very worthy. You deserve to be honored. You deserve to be treated well. That's why, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship, you, it's, you deserve to stand up for yourself and go, Hey, whoa, this ain't okay. 
uh-huh. because I am worthy. And, and so you might need to go to God and say, hey, what were some of the messages that my parents gave me that I've really adopted that are lies? I think for me, when I say the things that you're just saying, I'm worthy, I'm this, I'm that, there are part of me, I'm like, oh man, it, it just makes me feel really uncomfortable. But when I added, and we talk, I talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but when you add the in Christ, I am worthy. When you do that, then that's, it's, it's about your relationship to Christ, because I think Christ uh, oh man, one of when I was having a discussion with a girlfriend um, recently, and you know, and when you put Christ in front of your identity, and you say, you know what, God, you know, Jesus, you died for that sin, that person, whatever, and when you put you know Christ in front of that, it there's something about that there that is your identity, that is does feel right. So when I say I'm worthy in Christ, I am. My personality is not wrong in Christ. Who I am, God created me this way. And who and so there's nothing wrong with me in Christ because I because he knew I was going to be this way. You know, he knew my personality. Does he want me to always address my sin and to become a more mature and complete person? Yes. But what does that look like? It's really hard for me, especially as a perfectionist, to say, oh, I'm worthy. I, you can't, I can't say it without saying in Christ because I can't just – because otherwise that's the biggest difference between, you know, just a psychology, pop psychology, you know, positive thinking and a Christian worldview. Yeah. Because a, yeah, a Christian worldview says, you know what, it's not just about – you know, me pumping you up and, and, you know, saying, dadgummit, you're, you know. I'm smart enough. People like you. I'm right? good enough and doggone it, people <laughs> like people me. People like you. And they're like, well, no, not everybody is going to like you. And the scripture actually says that, that no, you should expect that persecution is going to come. But that's the whole, the difference is who we are in Christ and being able to, to that gives us the strength to be able to address some of those negative behaviors, some of those things, and go back and apologize. Put yourself out there again to be, you know, to possibly be hurt again. But that vulnerability is met with God's identity, with Christ's identity. Yeah, and and, and even going back to the idea of sometimes these negative self-talk things come from just childhood. You know, maybe your dad, you know, maybe someone listening, your father left. And abandoned uh-huh. you when you were a child. And your self-talk right now could include things like, people I love will always leave me. Right? That's that, uh-huh. That's that. not just negative self-talk, but that is obviously transformed into a tremendously powerful negative belief where good people in your life, you may have actually found someone who's really loving and who honors God and wants to honor you, but they can't because you refuse uh-huh. to see it. And you're so terrified that, well, this person's showing me love, which means just like dad, they're going to leave me. And you might not even be thinking about dad anymore, but, but, but it's there. Or maybe your parents yeah. invalidated your emotions, right? And so now, so, you know, when you were hurt, uh, upset, discouraged, they sort of dismissed you and were like, oh, please, or give me a break, or, oh, my gosh, you're so sensitive, well, now uh-huh. that negative self-talk could be you, you just can't listen to yourself, right? Uh-huh. You ignore the right. messages on your heart, and uh-huh. you just don't trust your instincts because all you knew growing up was, well, 
gee, I'm feeling really rejected, but mom and dad are telling me I'm stupid. <laughs> so maybe I don't know what's going on. Right. And that label versus your feelings is, is very important to distinguish. I love that you said that I'm feeling you know, rejected, but mom, dad, you're just telling me I'm stupid or invalidated. And it's because I'm too sensitive. Those kinds of things. You got to tease those things out and you got to bring them to Christ. You got to bring them to God to be able to say, God is what I'm feeling wrong. And I, I always use this in intensive. I think it is so important. You know, when Jesus was on the cross and he, you know, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Was that feeling wrong? that he had that, he had that feeling of being forsaken, was that in fact true? God had not forsaken him. He just couldn't look upon him with all that sin that was on him. But the feeling that Christ had, that Jesus had, was not wrong. So we can do a lot of things and experience a lot of emotions that if we don't bring them into alignment with who we are in Christ and be able to be accepted and loved. And, you know, when God and Jesus, I'm sure when they got back, they probably had, a, you know, when he got back, when Jesus got back to heaven, I mean, I'm sure they had a conversation about that. And I'm sure God was like, man, I, I that was just so incredibly painful for me to look at that, to look at you. And he's going to go, yeah, it was. And that's going to be a bonding between the two of them versus a rejection of what eventually what it in the moment what it felt like because that rejection forsaken that's rejection jesus felt it so if jesus felt it and he wasn't a, a quitter he wasn't you know all the yeah well, he didn't do it but he still had that feeling a feeling like i abandonment i mean how could he and that wasn't wrong to feel that feeling but his actions and the consistency of who he was, he knew what he needed to do. He knew, you know, it would not have been a good idea for him to have that feeling and then jump down off the cross and be like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Goodbye. See ya. <laughs> that would have been bad. Adios, amigos. <laughs> would have been all in trouble at that time. Yeah. Well, so, okay. We know negative self-talk is destructive. It's not fun miserable mm -hmm. it negatively impacts everything that actually matters to us quieting the negative self-talk this is not an overnight journey right this doesn't you know mm -hmm. there's no one magic word or one phrase you can say that'll make you instantly regain who you are in jesus so what you want to start doing and what we have actually on this podcast episodes page is you want to start developing multiple positive messages that you start using and applying when the negative ones come into your head. And the more okay. you start telling yourself these positive messages, then they start overtaking and choking out the negative ones. So the, you know, to silence that voice, that negative voice from the bad messages, Maybe that your parents put there or that you've established yourself through years of bad behavior is to begin with those good messages. I love you. I'll take care of you. I'm proud of you. If, you're, if your parents couldn't say that to you growing up, then you need to start saying it to yourself. And what does Jesus as, believe about you? Right. And the saying those as, the, as God is saying them to you. 
Yes. And one of the ones that, I mean, I just, as well, I'm we, looking at We this, have a list. We have right? a list of 23 of these statements on this episode. We're not going to read them all. But, but I love the one that, yeah. that says, I love the one that says, I see you and I hear you. God sees your heart. A lot of times, you know, we think about, we're feeling so judged and we're, but God looks upon our heart. And that's something that you've, you've challenged me over and over again about just what it is to be a, a Christian, what it is to be a Christ follower. And it is about our heart. And so when God sees our heart and he sees, you know what, heart, your heart is not perfection. Your heart is, where, where's your motivation? And if your motivation is to love God and to love others, then he sees that. And he wants to say, I want to empower you and equip you to get that done. And well, I love that. You and, brought up and, a huge point about yeah. the heart. If with yeah. these positive messages, okay, if the heart is to honor God and honor others, then these are things like what you just shared, which I think is number four. You're going to uh-huh. say things like, in Christ, I am seen. In uh-huh. Christ, I am heard. In uh-huh. Christ, I matter. If that's not your heart, then I'm telling you right now, these positive messages are going to turn into narcissism. Yeah. They're just, they're going to turn into hedonism. They're going to turn into total self-centeredness because it's not about me. It's about who I am in Christ. That's what really matters. So what we're challenging folks today, and if you're listening and this this topic of negative self-talk is kind of punching you square in the face, what we're trying to tell you to do is, one, you got to catch it. Right, so there's one, two, three, four, five things here. We gotta catch it, you gotta control it, you gotta challenge it, then you gotta change it. That's these statements, these 23 positive statements that we found from Jack Lee Rosenberg. So you gotta change it, you gotta replace them, you gotta be active, you have to be intentional. But then I love this last one, you gotta cherish it. Right. So I got to believe it. I need to Uh accept these things. It's not enough just to say them. Am I open to actually one day believing them? And I think cherishing it would be cherishing who you are in Christ, being able to say, I, I need to enjoy. I think for a a long time, I, I don't know if I knew how to truly enjoy who I was. When I ask people, I ask, sometimes I'll ask women or men, I'll say, when is the last time you felt the love of Christ coming in you and out to someone else? And they kind of are like thinking about it and thinking about it. And they're like, well, you know, maybe when I text, you know, a friend, something encouraging, when you do that, you're engaging in who you are in Christ and you need to cherish that. You need to be able to say, I used to think, well, that's a proud thing. Oh, well, you know, oh, I did, you know, maybe God spoke through me and, you know, I'm like, no, but if you cherish that, what are you doing? You're also cherishing the relationship that you have with Christ, who we are in God, who, what, how has he impacted our life? And if we don't have any physical fruit of that, 
then we're not probably either we're not cherishing it and we're dismissing that fruit and saying, oh, it's really not good enough because I'm not leading, you know, leading a crusade of, you know, millions of people or because I'm not Mother Teresa or whatever. If you're not cherishing that relationship that you have, you're also dumbing it down and you're dumbing down the gifts that God has given you again. So not only is the negative talk, stop talk looping through your brain over and over again, but you're not having any po- anything positive to truly counteract or to be able to um, give you the strength to even go back and challenge those those thinking that thinking to begin with. Yeah, and second, you know, Paul, who we love, well, everybody loves Paul, uh-huh. Apostle Paul. Second Corinthians ten five. You mentioned this earlier. We destroy uh-huh. arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That, Absolutely. I mean, those are our need, strongholds. Yeah. And that we have the power to demolish those, but we have to engage in who, we have to engage in our relationship with Christ in order to do that. That means we have to, the inner voice that we have is like our conscience, but the Holy Spirit and really being engaged in an active relationship with him means that we're engaged in his word. It means we're praising, means we're praying, means we're, we're giving, we're loving. When we do those kinds of things, it engages in that inner voice that we have. Everybody has a conscious, Christian, non-Christian. When we engage in that and then the Holy Spirit acts with that, then we can also have, you know, scripture talks about we should have the, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, and when we do that, that is protecting our heart and our, you know, when those arrows come and we're able to catch those things, catch those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. This is what this is about. It's because it's protecting the very essence or the most tender part of who we are. Well, and he goes on to say, verse 12 here, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not uh-huh. be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This is one of my father's favorite verses. Uh-huh. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think that summarizes even better what I was trying to share earlier on, that easily the greatest benefit or joy I'm experiencing from all this radical weight loss is that renewal of the mind. Uh Because now I can, I can really listen better and I can hear better and I can feel better. And, and it, that's been for me, the biggest impact. Absolutely. Being able to understand that renewal of your mind is the study of the scripture. Being able to, when we are there, then we can start challenging those negative thoughts and we can transform those into something that is truly transforming in our life and, you know, in other people's life and being a good example and share that hope. If we don't have the hope, then how are we going to give it to somebody else? Like, I I just want to... Well, you can't give what you don't have. Right. And there's a part of me that I think that this is the place where evangelism can actually start. Because to me, if you are not, if you are bombarded and you battle with depression and negative self-talk that is so incredibly, uh, you know, 
debilitating, then how am I going to share the hope of Christ with someone else if this is truly? So you got to realize and understand that this isn't just about your negative thoughts. This is about the bondage that Satan is just casting out on you know, on our society, on the world. And if we're going to really do this thing, this life and do our pregnancy before we get to heaven and going to do that well, it means that we have to engage in a relationship with God and engage in that. And when we engage in that, it truly does give us something to say, no, I am not going to be thinking the way that the world thinks. Because the world is all about outer beauty and wealth and, you know, and prestige and, you know, all pride and all that stuff. But that's, that's at the end of the day, that's unfulfilling and it's depressing, <laughs> frankly, but being able to engage in, wait a minute, how can I transform my thoughts and make them obedient to Christ? Cause I think that when we don't do this, it is going to lead us down a very negative and destructive road. It does. And speaking of negative and destructive, we have Uh-oh. the distraction of the day. It All is right. time. So what is the weirdest thing you could imagine happening at a Waffle House? Just yesterday, a man, a man with no pants on, what? fell through the ceiling of a Waffle House in Alabama who then fights the patrons before escaping. This is a okay. Newsweek. This is okay, a Newsweek. what are you doing on top of a Waffle House? Well, no, not only just on top. He was like in that space between the, the roof and then the ceiling. So he was trying to rob it, and he took his pants oh. off. What? So that he could fit through this space. And when he got in there, listen to this. The Times Daily newspaper reported today that police officers identified the suspect who was 27-year-old. I won't give his name, but he is from Birmingham because he, you know, after fleeing the scene on foot, <laughs> he, okay, so he goes in here. Um, there's a, actually, there's a, there's a clip. You can actually watch a video clip of this thing happening. So this man... He's dazed. He is seen tumbling onto a table after falling through the Waffle House's ceiling. One person is heard shouting, hey, don't go nowhere, as the man tries to aggressively push his way out of the building. Get off of me, he's heard shouting, before picking a chair up off the ground. And then the customers went ballistic. This guy goes ballistic. And this half-naked man runs of the Waffle House and eventually gets caught and chased down by the police. Could you imagine having your waffle? It's like, hey, it's a pretty good day today. I'm at the Waffle House. I love waffles. I'm eating my Waffle House waffles, and then boom, out of the roof, a half-naked man falls onto your table. I just don't under... Yeah, I don't under... Yeah, that is... You've made... You want to talk about negative self-talk. That dude... (laughs) has obviously gotten himself into a place where he thought it was a good idea to take his pants off before he tries to rob a Waffle House. Yeah, yeah. that's you're, that's pretty bad. That's, that's about the weirdest thing I could imagine that happening. Is, 
that's pretty weird. You hey, definitely picked the, it. That's I'm, it. I'm really enjoying my scrambled eggs and crispy bacon this morning at the Waffle What the? And boom, <laughs> half naked man sitting on my <gasps> butt. Where these coming? Yeah, butt coming cheek, butt cheek right on oh. my plate. Oh, those eggs are ruined. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you again for listening. We love you. We care about you. Um, go to the site. Ask your questions. Call the number 903-392-0975, and you can get yourself on our podcast. We are the fastest growing marriage podcast in the world that has the name Smalley in it and Marriage. <laughs> Hey, I just found that out today. That's big time. Did you just mean to add the word, if you had to add Smalley and marriage in there? Yeah, because I don't want to lie. <laughs> that was so good. I love it. Chasing down the days of fear. Chasing down a dream before it disappeared. I was aching. To be somewhere near your voice was all I heard I was shaking from a storm in me Haunted by the specters that we had to see Yeah, I wanted to be the melody